Hi, and welcome to the 45th Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital, magazine, and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and the deep pool of collective wisdom. Supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, I will be chatting with Lynn McBurney, Group Head of People at Arnold Clark. We catch up with Lynn to hear all about the work the company has been doing to find and develop female talent in the automotive space, and why this is vital for the future of the business as it grows. We'll also discuss our exciting new partnership. All will be revealed shortly. As ever, Inesh Santos will be sharing the details of the news stories in the written issue. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website. That's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We've got Lynn McBurney, who is Group Head of People at Arnold Clark. How are you doing, Lynn? I'm fine, thanks. Fiona, how are you? Well, I'm all right, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. I think this is our first podcast together. So looking forward to chatting with you today. It's my first podcast ever, so this is an adventure for me as well. Relax and enjoy. And I wanted to say as well, thank you so much to Arnold Clark for all the work you do with us and being one of our corporate partners. So thank you so much. No problem at all, Fiona today if it's okay we're going to talk about your background and a bit about your career because we've known you I think we're going back to about 2016 that was my memory serves me correctly that's when we started working together quite a while and you've taken part in the magazine before lots of members of the team at Arnold Clark have taken part before but for those who've missed that or who are maybe new to the party could you give us a bit of background about your educational background and career today and your story at Arnold Clark? Yeah, no problem. I did an honours degree in business economics, so that was a million years ago, and I specialised in HR at that point. My degree was very maths orientated, but loved the HR side of things, so that was definitely the right direction to go. I completed my degree, did some temporary HR work, and then headed off to Australia. While everyone else was starting their careers, I was off travelling around Australia for a year, which was fab. And when I came back, I took up a couple of HR assistant roles within financial services and publishing. And then I landed the role at Arnold Clark as an HR advisor. And that was 17 years ago. I can't believe that's the amount of time that's passed. So it was great to join the HR department at that time because it was just being set up. So I got in at the start um, and my role has grown with the department. So I went to senior HR advisor, HR manager, and then took on my current role, which sees me managing all the kind of employee-focused departments, so the people team, wages, safety support, recruitment, early careers, and employee engagement. So as a group, we're known as the employee experience team. And we make sure the employee journey is as smooth as possible for everyone at Arnold Clark. So yeah. I love my job. It's been 17 years. I can't believe it. It's passed in a blink. Well, that says you're enjoying yourself, having a good time. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell me about your current role and what that involves on a day-to-day basis and particularly on the inclusion diversity side of things. That's how we got to know. I'm sure there's no same day 
But if we were trying to imagine the types of things you might be doing, what would we imagine? I kind of laughed when I seen this question. So I thought, I don't know how I'm going to describe what I do day to day because it's a completely different every single day. But it might help to give you a little bit of the group structure behind how our company works. So we have over 11,000 employees and 200 branches throughout the UK. On the whole, the branches are split into sales and after sales. And they'll also have an accounts function, a valley department, and some branches will have Karen Van Rental on site as well. And throughout the UK, we've also got Arnold Beiser car sites that look to purchase people's used cars from them. We've also got head office functions like marketing, digital risk, group accounts, customer service, got an insurance division and a leasing division. So we've got a lot going on under the umbrella of Arnold Clark. So I'm sure you can imagine that the employee experience team are extremely busy dealing with the vast array of things that are going on. So as I said, no two days are the same, but that's part of why I love my job. I spend a lot of time liaising with my management team. We work on a lot of projects because we're always really passionate about bringing in new initiatives. So we'll work together with them to make sure we bring things in that are relevant and take us forward in all our objectives. And I also work with them to troubleshoot when issues arise in their areas. Also work very closely with our employee digital marketing and comms teams to ensure our employees external audience are well informed about what's available at Arnold Clark as an employee and what's happening at the company and for our employees it's important to us that their digital journey is as smooth as it can be. We've got an employee app called ACE which stands for Arnold Clark Employee and that's our main tool for our employees to access everything they need from clocking in, booking holidays, finding out where they're tracking on their individual incentive schemes so it's important to work very closely with the digital team to ensure that's all in place for our employees because don't want people to leave because they're finding it difficult to work here so we make it as easy as possible through the digital and as I said we're always looking to bring in the next new thing that will move us forward with all our diversity objectives and trying to be an employer of choice so I spend a lot of time brainstorming and I meet with external parties quite a lot because lots of people get in touch with me to try and engage me in something that they are doing and if it is of interest to me then I'll certainly meet up with them and discuss it and we take forward the things that match up with our objectives. My role's also mobile so I'm out and about in the branch network. I've got an office in Manchester so some days I'm out and about in the car trying to listen to music but realistically I'm on the phone for hours of a time in the car. So I suppose a high description of my role would be that ultimately I'm responsible for setting the strategy that ensures that Arnold Clark is always ahead of the curve as an employer and as such we're striving to be an employer of choice so I think that probably sums it up does that help yeah yeah, that's helping and obviously (laughs) you come to events as well because you came to speak at one of our events in London yes Uh, an amazing experience yeah we'll have to see about doing it again definitely (laughs) so it seems to me that it's a really proactive organization so on the people side particularly and also attracting and retaining that diversity of employees as well so we've worked with you for for several years on that and the initiatives really do stand out but it also seems and you've touched on it in what you said as well about the communication and the marketing of those as well they seem really well put together and there's an identity to them why is it vital to create initiatives that are well branded and differentiated to make them work I think where you're striving to be an employer of choice, you'd really need to stand out from the crowd because there are so many employers out there doing great things. 
and you really want to try and put your head above the parapet with everything that you're doing. You have to think out of the box and we are not scared to try new things. And some of them don't work and that's fine, but some of them are really, really successful, which is always amazing. So when we bring in a new initiative, it has to be instantly recognisable as something new and fresh. The branding needs to give some explanation as to what you're trying to achieve. And the differentiation of these initiatives ensures they just don't get lost in the noise of everything else that's going on at the company and externally when you're trying to market these things out with to attract new talent in. I think we're just really passionate about trying new things and we want to shout about it. When I started off my HR career, I didn't think for a minute that digital comms and marketing would be such a big part of my role, but it is essential to market to our own employees and prospective employees in the same way that we do to customers. So the brand of what we're doing is essential to make sure everyone knows what's going on and all the great things that we're doing. And one of the really important initiatives that you run is Girls With Skills. Could you tell us a bit about that? Girls With Skills is a scheme that we brought in to try and attract young females into our apprenticeship schemes. I think it's difficult because young girls probably don't know that those options are open to them. It's not something that's sold to them at school. So we work in partnership with the schools to go in and kind of pluck girls of the correct age out, those that are particularly interested in STEM activities, and we bring them along and they come and have a couple of days with us at our training centres and get a chance to try changing attire, things that relate to a body shop career, a parts career. They get to speak to females that are already on board, senior managers that came through an apprenticeship scheme at the, the company. And it really gives them an exposure to what would it be like to have an apprenticeship at Arnold Clark. And during those two days, they get to set the test as well for an apprenticeship scheme and this year we offered six young females an apprenticeship with the company out of that scheme so it's a great feeder for us to try and get in in amongst it and raise the bar in terms of knowledge within the schools that we are here and we've got great careers for young females to take up so it's something that we've ran for a few years it stopped during covid but it has been highly successful so yes really proud of that scheme so it ties very much back to our family value which is part of the branding as well everything has to tie back to a value within the company so our family value encompasses all the diversity work that we do we are actually speaking to one of your apprentices as well in a written piece so make sure that you check that out on the website everybody as well so I think it's really good that these schemes exist and I suppose over time as well they build and you get to learn the bits that work particularly well and you get that cohort and that community so people can see that they belong definitely and that is something that's really important we always have a retro after we do any initiatives and they've been completed we'll sit down with all the relevant people and say right what went really well and that will remain for the next time what didn't work out. So, for example, the first time we ran Girls With Skills, we created an all-female classroom for the apprenticeship training. And it just didn't work and the girls didn't enjoy it. So the next time we do it, we're like, right, we'll split the girls up. Maybe try and have them in twos within the classroom situation, but not an entire female class. So things like that is really important to learn along the way and make the changes to make it the best it can be. Indeed. Let's talk a little bit now about culture. So how important is developing the right type of culture and what are Arnold Clark's values? Yeah, I think developing the right culture is essential to the company's success. Your employees are 
a key asset to the organisation. We completely understand that at Arnold Clark. So they need to feel valued and really part of something that they want to come to work and contribute towards. It's not easy to do and it's a never ending job because you can't take your eye off the ball with it and you have to keep going and going and going. But it's, it is essential and a huge part of the culture at Arnold Clark is our company values. And we developed these values to be at the core of everything we do internally and externally. So having the values means that our employees know what we stand for and how, as a business, we want to impact them and our local communities. We've worked really hard to get the values in place. We've travelled up and down the UK chatting to employees about what's important to them, about Arnold Clark, what's unique at Arnold Clark. And out of all those conversations came common words, which were family, communication, community, progression and recognition. So they were very much put in place in collaboration with our employees. So they totally belong to them. It wasn't something that we sat in head office and decided upon, which I think is really, really important. I suppose that's where in your role, where you're traveling around as well. So you're bringing that to life for people as you're meeting them at all the different branches. We bring the values to life in absolutely everything that we do. There's continual communication of what our values mean. And as I said already, everything that happens in the company is tied back to the values. So for example, we've got our new LGBT plus network is called Drive Together and we've got a really good wellbeing hub space employee portal and both of those are very much tied back to the family values we're trying to care for everyone as it matter to us who you are here you'll be cared for as part of this family so all of that's tied back to that and for example all the work that we did during the pandemic you know we gave out cars to nurses the minibuses went out to the NHS for nothing to try and help transport people around we assisted with PPP to the NHS. All of that is very much linked back to our community value. We really do value working with the communities in which our branches are situated and trying to just show our employees everything that we do falls under these headings is how we kind of get them embedded in the company. In terms of gender balance in the business, so we touched on girls with skills, the gender balance challenges that are faced in the automotive sector. How do you see these and how they're evolving and changing? Do you think things are getting better now in the sector in general? I think there's a lot of work going into this, but it's hard to get traction with it because the perception of the automotive sector externally is that it's a place where men work and it makes it very, very difficult to attract female talent into the trade. The perception, I think, is partly fueled by the misunderstanding that the main jobs here are selling cars and fixing cars. And these are traditionally jobs that would be held by males. So there's stereotypes that are floating around that are incorrect about the motor trades and they're outdated now. So it's trying to really work to break down those perceptions and stereotypes. And internally, the challenge is ensuring that the females that we have got on board are well supported here and have the confidence to keep pushing forward with their careers because there is nothing stopping them at Arnold Clark, even though balance isn't equal at the moment. The females that are on board certainly can have huge success at the company. And I suppose it goes back to the values and the employer brand as well. But if you bring people on board and they know that that's what the organisation's all about, then it becomes the norm, doesn't it? It's not like you're going through a big change process. People know what they're signing up to and hopefully everybody gets on board with it. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, 
it's a huge piece of work and again it's something that will go on and on for many years and you can't take your eye off the ball with it but yes we when we bring people in we have everything in place here to support our females. We've got a women in sales network. We've got great family friendly policies. We've got good role models, which we're pushing out all the time to show our females what they can strive towards. So everything is in place. We've done a lot of management training and we're coaching our managers all the time to make sure that we're as inclusive as possible here. But it is the external challenge that's big as well and breaking down those perceptions. So we have linked up with all the other motor trade companies to try and work together to break it down because it's the only way that we'll get there quicker is if we all put the effort in and things like the Automotive 30% Club have emerged and a lot of us have joined up to that to try and push things forward in a quicker fashion because obviously if we link up together and do it, we'll see better results from all our work. Did I hear, Lynn, as well, that you had a podcast for staff and I think they're a menopause talk did I did I make that up no you didn't make that up pre-covid I hate speaking about pre and post-covid but you can't help it sometimes pre-covid we were running quite a lot of female training trying to build confidence you know talking about imposter syndrome all of that to try and really g our females up to say right come on push forward push forward push forward so during COVID, it was impossible to do things like that. And after COVID, you know, everyone's busy. We're like, right, how can we reach female members of staff? So we decided to bring out a podcast, which in the end went out to males as well, because we thought, well, it's not actually just for females, because the men on board are dealing with females uh, in their household or at work that are going through the menopause. So it's been a huge push for us. We've got a manager toolkit in place and we ran out the podcast. So we had in a specialist who deals with it from a fitness perspective we had a specialist who deals with the employment law side of things and we had an employee who came on and actually spoke about her personal experience which is the strongest thing you can ever have as someone in the business talking about personal experience and it went out and it really worked so we're also doing another one on progression for the females but now rolling out the podcast as a standard thing for the whole organization next one's going to be on mental health so it's, it's a great new tool that we're using we like that so I, I believe Lynn you're working with an organization called working families as well could you tell us a little bit about that yep we try to get into key partnerships like this one with organizations that will showcase externally how serious we are about different matters so Working families, and we're also in partnership with Flexibility Works, really allows us to go out and showcase our new flexible working schemes. We go out and we talk externally about everything we've got on offer at Arnold Clark. It's a really strong way to send out a message externally about what's going on internally at the company. We love working families too, so we've done lots of pieces with them over the years. So a great organisation to work with. And why is intersectionality so important too as well? When we started at Womanthology, it was a lot about gender and it was, I won't say the sole focus, but now obviously I think things have progressed and now the idea of intersectionality and having lots of different aspects to our own identities and the fact that you're bringing your whole self to work, why is that so important? I think it's important to realise that People as humans are not in silos. We cross many areas within our lives. And as you say, someone's not just about their gender. They'll have many, many aspects to them. Particularly as a retailer, it's important that we want our employee base to reflect our customer base, which of course will be intersectional. And it allows us to understand our customer better if we have 
a whole mix of people on board and we genuinely are just here you know you said there bring your whole self to work that's something that's a phrase that we use here just bring your whole self to work we just want the best person for the job and we want you to come and perform at your very best and you can only do that if we all accept that everyone has different things about them and is diverse in many many ways so keep doing what you're doing so, Lynn, what is your advice to other organisations who are looking to build an inclusive culture and to drive diversity? I think the first point is that you really need to get the buy-in at the top. So if you don't have that, it's important to get in front of the relevant people and explain to them the business case for being more inclusive and having diversity within your organisation. And once you've got that, that does make life a lot easier because you have the power of your directors behind you. Um, You also need to take the business with you. So you have to get out in your business and communicate, particularly with line managers, to explain again the business case for this and what it is you're looking for them to do. And I think you'll find when we had those conversations, a lot of them were just like, yeah, no, I totally understand. I can get on board with this don't have a scattergun approach so we have chosen a few headings to deal with really well and we're focusing right in on them if you try and do too many things you'll just not really do anything particularly great and then it probably will fail and I think education and communication are key so you have to be educating the entire business and communicating out all the things that you're doing and why you're doing them we found our online training is a great tool for that so we can set up short training courses that go out to the entire business to just show them you know it's just an an awareness thing as well for some employees like we've sent out a mental health one recently just to make people aware of the different aspects of mental health which has been really helpful and I think you just need to realize that the job's never done you can't sit back on your laurels and think well that's tick I've ticked that box because you're you've you're not ticked the box and when you move on to your next objectives you have to work really hard to keep the ones you've already established alive and that plate spinning so it's a lot of plate spinning going on but yeah it's a lot of work but when you get things done it just it feels great to make achievements on that so we're going to keep on keeping on together that's what we're going to do <laughs> exactly <laughs> and Lynn, what is coming up next for you what are you looking forward to so that can be in work that can be out of work what are you excited about i am really excited about our girls with skills the test drive initiative we're bringing in so i've spoken a bit about girls with skills already and the age group we're aiming that at is girls that are ready to leave school and enter into an apprenticeship. We're now coming out with a new initiative, which we're trialling in October. And I've just been on meetings for this this week to talk through the setup of the day. So we're going to go out and reach out to girls aged 11 to 15. So we're starting to move into the earlier age bracket and try and get in and educate people that, you know, there's so much exciting things going on at Arrow Clark. There's great jobs here. So we're calling it Girls with Skills to Test Drive and we'll have these young girls in again to our training centres. We've got some very exciting celebrities coming along that are our Arnold Clark ambassadors, some female celebrities to meet the girls that are also passionate about the same things we are passionate about. And they'll get a chance again to work practically on a car and do a bit of customer service. We're going to get the chance to make a TikTok about their day. So it's all very exciting And as I've said numerous times in this podcast, I love trying new things. So I'm really hoping that this will be a success and we can take it forward as a permanent fixture on our diary. Well, they all sound really exciting. Lynn, can I have a go? It sounds really good. I know, I know. I just want to go and learn how to do a decent TikTok, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) We'll follow your uh, TikTok performance in in the future. Please don't. (laughs) 
thanks a lot Fiona really enjoying being back in partnership with Boom Anthology it's something that's important to us at the organisation so we look forward to see what we can achieve going forward well always a pleasure speaking with you Lynn thank you so much thanks Fiona Hello, my name is Ines Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanphology and I am here to tell you all about our new issue, which shines a light on women working in the transport and automotive space. The stories include Bethany Wigmore is a vehicle refinisher apprentice at Arnold Clark in Liverpool. She talks about the importance of giving girls space and support so they can get comfortable in the automotive sector. She also discusses the merits of earning while you learn in apprenticeship roles. Charlie Parfit is a lifeboat volunteer from Hunstanton in Norfolk, who became the first female Royal National Lifeboat Institution Overcraft Commander. She talks about how proud she is to have made a little piece of RNLI history by becoming the first woman in the role and also shares how the womanphology community can support this incredible charity to save lives at sea. Rashika Kasliwal, engineering consultant at McLaren's Aviation, discusses how her love of physics and maths at school led to a career in aviation engineering. She also shares the value of internships and combining technical skills with soft skills in the global industry. Someone else who volunteers, Rashika has taken an active role in the Royal Aeronautical Society both in the United Arab Emirates, where she's based, but also internationally. Rebecca LeCount discusses her recent work delivering operational readiness for Transport for London on the Elizabeth Line. She also shares her advice to girls and women coming to transport careers from different subject backgrounds and tells them why they shouldn't worry about having the perfect interview answer or direct experience as long as they can prove they have experience that's transferable. Do check out our website, womanphology.co.uk, to read the full story. And that is all for me. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media. And also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. This podcast has been brought to you in paid partnership with Arnold Clark. Join us in the next episode where we celebrate Day of the Girl. We look forward to you joining us then.